Welcome to Docs in Orbit, a podcast for independent, creative, non-fiction filmmakers. This is Ekatotoria. This year was a special year for the Golden Apricot International Film Festival in Yerevan. It celebrated its 20th anniversary and also the 100-year anniversary of Armenian cinema. And the program paid special tribute to its history. I made my way to Yerevan from neighboring Tbilisi for the occasion. And during these hot summer days, it was such a pleasure to find shelter in the cool and dark cinema halls watching a selection of the festival program. Running in parallel to the film screenings, the festival also hosted industry events supporting projects from the region and a thoughtfully designed critics workshop for a select number of film critics. To recap the festival, we invited participants from the critics workshop as well as filmmakers and other guests to share their impressions about the favorite film they encountered at the festival. We hope you enjoy listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together. Hello, Docs in Orbit. This is Jude Shahab, and I'm at the Golden Apricot Film Festival in Yerevan, Armenia, with my first feature documentary titled Q. The film is about my mother's relationship to a secretive Muslim women's group and the consequences of that love on the family. It's been so wonderful being here and honestly just taking the time to watch films every day. And it's just been really inspiring to see the films coming out of the region. Um, and specifically a film titled Silent House by Farnaz and Mohammad Reza Jorapshian. And um, I think what really resonated was a lot of maybe similarities to my film. Maybe I'm still living in the world of <laughs> Q, but the mother in the story is is really powerful. And even the way that she just goes about her life and, and how faith plays a part in that, um, but also how it doesn't limit her. And I think it, it does that thing where it pushes against what you expect to see from the region, which is what a lot of filmmakers right now from this part of the world are trying to do, whether it's you know, the subject matter or the class that the film participants are from. And it's a really, it's a sad story. Um, it's a bit haunting in a way, but it felt very human. I felt very human at the end. Um, so I'm really happy to recommend that film. Hi, my name's Fahid Ahmed, the co-producer and editor of uh, Q. One of the films that really resonated with us uh, here at the festival was Silent in the House. I personally felt it was a film which was very, very sincere and honest in its emotionality. And uh, with that, it lends its narrative in a very non-oriental or anti-oriental setting where uh, I feel a lot of films from the region often fall into the trap of being um, drawn with broad strokes, which uh, aren't true to the kind of personal lives and, and the kind of existence of uh, the people in the stories. And yeah, there was something very intimate, sensitive, gentle, profound in its observation of, of human emotion and its ability to really make a house, like a simple inanimate space feel as part of a narrative, as it decayed, as it changed, as it kind of uh, went through turbulence, you see these turbulences reflected in the family and vice versa. So yeah, that was something that was very, very interesting. 
Hello, this is Farnas Jurabchian uh, from Iran and Canada. I am a director, writer and producer of a feature-length documentary called Silent House, which was in the international competition of Golden Apricot Film Festival in Yerevan. Uh, my experience in this festival was wonderful. I met many talented filmmakers and saw amazing films, uh, including the, the opening film of the festival, Luca, by uh, Jessica Woodward. Um, comes from Dino Buzati's masterpiece, The Tartar Step. Well, uh, the main character, Luca, is a young soldier who wants to go into battle and finds himself in an isolated fort. Uh, in the film, a group of men wait for the attack of a mysterious enemy. A bizarre but thoughtful film about the fight between belief and truth and perhaps a more kind of moving observation and the stillness of Western society. Hello, this is Mohammad Reza Jurabchian from Iran. I'm director, cinematographer, and producer of Silent House. I saw great films in the festival, but that one that has uh, stayed with me was Black Stones by Spiros Jakovits, which carries the comedy that I like. The film tone moves from the bitter to the sweet, a kind of uh, serial comedy that gradually attracts us to the characters who, at first glance, seem particularly not interesting. Hi, my name is Leonardo Goy and I'm a film critic. And this year I was a guy running for the second year in a row, the Film Critics Campus. Uh, it's an international platform for emerging film critics from around the world. And uh, I think a standout as far as the group and I were concerned was Claire Simon's Our Body. It's a documentary that premiered at the Berlinale to great acclaim earlier this year. And it's a luminous, heart-rending and very often heart-shaking portrait of a women's health clinic in a Parisian hospital. Um, the documentary pretty much unfolds as a series of doctors and patients encounters. Uh, we really seldom see until a very, very pivotal juncture and about which the less is said the better, Claire Simon herself. This is the kind of documentary that unfolds as a large canvas of an institution and tries to put on it a human face uh, with very often well, I mean we're used to what we're seeing and thinking of hospitals as this very clunky and huge bureaucratic um, apparatuses and here's the documentary that tries to do something completely different tries to understand what it is to do something as mysterious and complicated as talking about one's pains and trying to articulate one's relationship with one's body um, it's actually quite fascinating to think back to the title. This is our body, not our bodies in the plural, but our body, as if Claire Simon intended the human body as this sort of collective terrain um, that she tries to dissect and interrogate uh, through all kinds of encounters with lots of different patients coming to the hospital for lots of different reasons. We hear of youngsters who are undergoing gender transition. Um, we hear of cancer diagnosis, um, people struggling to have children. So it's a very, very wide canvas and it's anchored to the sense of empathy and solidarity. If there's one thing that I came out thinking um, as I left the screening, uh, all teary, I must confess, was the fact that here was a documentary that tried to look at these lattices of solidarity in all these different um, pockets of, of hope that can emerge and can come out in, in hospitals. 
And uh, it's not all positive. It's not a utopia because, of course, we hear lots about protests happening outside the hospital. There's a case of a uh, doctor who was accused of sexual misconduct. So it isn't a oasis of peace. But it's something that comes very, very close to that. And I remember leaving that screening thinking that I seemed to inhabit my body in a way that was completely different from what it was from when I came into that screening. And so for those reasons, I am very, very grateful to Guy to have been able to watch the documentary again. And I wholeheartedly recommend that it's Claire Simon's Our Body. My name is Forrest Cardamines. I was at the Golden Apricot International Film Festival as part of the Critics Workshop program. And while I was there, I think the highlight of all the films I saw was Luis Patino's Samsara. Samsara builds on a lot of the concerns of Patino's earlier films. It has some of the avant-garde and experimental um, formal techniques that Night Without Distance has, and I think it expands on the concerns of borders and borderlessness present both in that film and in his um, recent feature, Red Tide. There's an ethnographic component to the film, which begins in Laos and kind of takes the shape of an adaptation of the Tibetan Book of the Dead. Maybe it's not an adaptation so much as it's formally influenced by it, which results in a really remarkable sequence about halfway through the film. And to say exactly what it is, I think, would rob viewers of the the light and the surprise um, and the sort of unexpected encounter with something new that it provides. But more generally, I think it forces us to consider the nature of spectatorship a lot more. Um, it changes our emphasis from the images that we see to quite literally how we see the images, how we perceive the images. Um, it is also a remarkably well sound designed sequence. Um, and I think most impressive is that it's quite long. Um, so Patina really, really goes for it. And um, it's an experience that I think is very difficult to capture in words uh, because it becomes all about um, the way that we see and what we hear and um, as a formal bridge to the second section of the film in a way that um, I haven't seen anything similar before. Uh, and I think out of everything I saw at the festival, that's what has really st stuck with me. Uh, hello, my name is Keto Kipiani and I'm currently in Erevan attending the Golden Apricot Film Festival where I'm presenting my documentary film project, Cartley as a part of the Working Progress Workshop and Pitch. In addition to participating in the event, I've had the pleasure of watching several outstanding films, among which I would like to mention the one titled The Magic Mountain, a Georgian-Polish co-production, directed by Mariam Cecia and Nick Voigt. Uh, the film takes place in Abastumani, in the small village uh, of the mountains of Georgia, uh, which served as a tuberculosis hospital for nearly a century. However, the future of the hospital is now uncertain, as the wealthiest men of the country planned to replace this historical building and historical institution uh, with his holiday house. Mariam, the director, uh, as a former tuberculosis patient, 
follows the personal story of other patients who are facing the same fate of disappearance as the hospital itself. Hi, uh, it's Levens Hoverbadze speaking. I'm an international freelance film critic and an emerging film director based in Georgia. I have written for such international outlets as Senses of Cinema or Film Europe or Cineuropa and others. I've seen plenty of amazing films during the festival and I wrote about them, but I still feel one of the pictures need more attention, which is an Armenian documentary by German-based director Daniel Kata. Lunch of is a film about the latest conflict between Armenia and Azerbaijan of the Karabakh region where Daniel Kata uh, travels through the border uh, and meets war-oppressed individuals who talk about challenges of the region. They talk about their personal traumas and experiences. The way the camera depicts landscapes has a lot to share with the uh, Grandmaster from the region Iranian Abbas Kiarostami with its meditative tones and observational stance. And Daniel Kata manages to reveal the eyes and faces of different kinds of landscapes such as cow herds, sheep flocks, stray dogs, military cars and urban and rural lifestyle while the dialogues divulge the cultural and social landscape that is poetically merged with the tension and beauty of whole region. My name is uh, Daniel Kutter. I'm a filmmaker from Germany and uh, I was participating in this year's Golden Apricot International Film Festival with a film uh, called Landschaft, which is the Armenian word for landscape. Um, I was asked to talk a little bit about my favorite non-fiction film that I've seen at, during the festival and I chose to talk about Eureka by Lisandro Alonso. Um, now some people might say, wait, that's not a non-fiction film. So um, yes, that's uh, true, but in a way um, these things are anyway blurred, as we know. And um, I'm a fan of Lisandro Alonso's work for two aspects um, or two reasons. The first is that um, he works with um, non-professional actors, so even uh, and he works without scripts. So uh, even if this is a fiction film, uh, the way he works with non-professional actors sort of documents um, their life in a way. So in the middle part of Eureka, for example, he um, works with a policewoman and a basketball trainer uh, living in a reservation in, um, in Northern America. And they are just um, playing themselves uh, to a certain extent. So it also, this film in that way documents um, their life. It's a documentary of their life um, with fictional elements. And uh, the second aspect that strikes me in Lisandro Alonso's work always is um, how he deals with time. So I think um, maybe um, a much better um, uh, differentiation uh, than the one between fiction and non-fiction films in that case would be the differentiation between films that tell a story and it's the time of the story that uh, shapes the film or uh, films that um, employ time in general as a, a category of experience 
And here I don't see any difference between documentary and uh, fiction films. And I think what Lisandro Alonso does, he documents and makes us experience the, ta the time of um, these um, First Nations people, these Native uh, Americans in, in very different ways. And for me, he's one of the very few who really um, deal in an amazing way with, ti with time. So for me, each shot has a length that is just perfect. And I don't know why. It is not even something that you can explain by the story or not. So in a way, for me, Eureka by Lisandro Alonso is a documentary on the experience of time. And that was an exceptional cinematic experience, the absolute highlight for me during Golden Apricot International Film Festival in this year. This episode was produced by Christina Zachariades in Brooklyn and Eka Zazoria in Tbilisi. With music by Naim Mahboub in Stockholm. Thanks for listening. If you like what you just heard, please be sure to subscribe to get future episodes and rate and review so that more documentary film lovers can find us. 